Hey everybody. Welcome back. Uticast, episode number six. Episode six. Hi Kevin. Hello Sam. Hey buddy. We have uh, we have our very good friend Chris Mandry on the show today. Jack of all trades, master yeah. of all trades. Yeah, local like, renaissance man. He is local renaissance man. <laughs> uh, I have so, I have a, a question for you though that I want to broach. Right oh, here the top. we go. And it's about Tinder etiquette. Uh, if you see somebody on Tinder that you know that like you're friends with, are you supposed to swipe left? I don't or are you have I don't have Tinder, right? so I can't say for sure. But they don't know that you swiped the good way unless they also swiped the good way, right? Right. Then what do you have to lose? You're genius, this guy. Genius. Unicast. Welcome back. It's nice to see you. It's it's also nice to see you after I saw you all weekend. All weekend. All we weekend. Each other all weekend. Uh, I, I do want to take a hot take though about this Tinder thing. And it's something I noticed. Uh, again, surprise, surprise. Something Famo noticed when he came back from New York City that's different in Utica. Uh, <laughs> Tinder is barely a thing here. The population, I think, is so small. There's just not the people small. to support it. Yeah, it's a really... There's just not the people to support it. It's very. This scary. area is small enough for not only is there not the population to support it, but like because the area is so small, the majority of the people you'd like to swipe yes on are already not on Tinder because they're all caught up. Right, and then also you're taking a chance if you so let's say you swipe right on somebody in New York City, right, and you walk up to the bar mm-hmm. and you look in there and you see that person. You can just walk around and leave. No one will ever see you. That's again. true in a smaller area. Smaller area. Yeah, you're out there. You're exposed. I'm not trying to be exposed. Kevin. No, you're never trying to be exposed. I'm not trying to be exposed. Unless asked politely. Um, we, uh, we, we missed Brewfest this weekend. We I did. Was a I feel bad. Yeah, I've missed Brewfest so many years in a row. Before all these other years, it was just because I was working and restaurant hours dictate. You schedule something at 7 o'clock on a Saturday. It's basically Monday morning for me, but this weekend yeah. we were up north. And that I'll take. That's an excusable reason. That was lovely. Uh, you know, I want to say we're over two for the last two Yudigazoo events. I really need to do something. We should periscope a trip back to the is going to kill us. We should periscope a trip to the zoo. Kill. Yeah, a whole trip to the zoo. I'm going to feed the sea lions. Uh, did you bring this up? Somebody brought this up to me about a good idea for the zoo would be to pay extra money to get VIP privileges to do stuff like that. You FaceTime with the animals. FaceTime right? with the animals. That's a good Absolutely. extra if you bonus. If you had something like they've got that new baby hyena up there, like real young hyena, basically like a large puppy, mm-hmm. I would pay 50 bucks. I'd pay probably 100 bucks to go up there for half an hour. And just, like, wrestle around on the ground with a little jackal puppy. Yeah. I'd be way into that. It's been a long time since I've been to the zoo. I'm going to have to talk to Mike Beck. I think they have a charity coming up on the 22nd or something like that. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to get out of on Twitter about it. Um, well, anyhow, uh, so we missed that. But we were in Inlet, New York this weekend. One, one of the most wonderful places in our state. Beautiful. Beautiful roads. The Fulton Chain of Lakes up on Fourth Lake. Um, and this ties into something that was on the Maiden Utica site today. 
uh, about the beer next door. Um, I don't know. It's a TV show, I believe, right? Or it's a web show. And uh, they were up at uh, Fulton County Brewery, uh, Fulton Chain Lakes County Brewery, which yep. we just happened to be at for about two hours this weekend. We did. That's Ironic a, twist. It was. I didn't know. That, I didn't know that they had a brewery up there. And then when I heard the word on the street, Old Forge has kind of been going under a renaissance. There's a lot of younger people buying out businesses, nice. and so there's a lot of things you see there. Like there's a uh, an artisan uh, like olive oil store. But it was cool. Somebody told me there was a microbrewery, and we went in there, and it was cool to see in Old Forge, in a place that gets so much tourist traffic, these guys out here. I mean, we have such a great beer culture here in Utica because of Saranac and everything like that. Right. It was cool to see somebody making their own thing and kind of making a stand, and it was pretty good. And it was just, you know, three friends who kind of put it together and like, you know what, we're going to try to make this thing happen. I was shocked at how unassuming it seemed when you first walked in. And yeah. then they could use a better sign. Yeah, they could definitely use a better sign. Definitely. Uh, but actually, they were very nice to us, and uh, for all you folks out there, you can go to MadeInUtica.com to get information about the beer next door uh, with Kristen Bellino, I believe her name is. I, I gotta make sure it's Kristen. you got it. Uh, I'll have to update that later. You and old school Utica Italian, like you, you should be able to pronounce these names with vowels at the end. Hey, good guys. I don't know what to do about this no more. Uh, and uh, you can also get at, uh, at uh, Fulton Chain Lakes County, uh, uh, what is it, Fulton Chain Craft Brewery is the full there name, you right? Go. No Fulton County. Chain Craft Brewery. I don't know why Fulton I Chain doesn't have a comment. Fulton Chain FCC Brewery. And uh, we did tag them in the bathroom yeah. on their cardboard. They have their, all their whole bathrooms out there are painted in chalkboard. Yeah, so all the walls are chalkboard and they've got tons of chalk in there, which is a cool feature because you want craft breweries like that are the type of things that people take pride in going to and supporting. So that's a cool mm-hmm. idea to have it in there like that. I give them credit for at least having one dark beer for me because it seems like everywhere I go now since it's like not See, I thought time it was, of the year. I thought it was interesting that they took on lighter beers because a lot of times with, you know, small batch craft breweries, stuff like that, they've got no problem diving into like the heavier, darker yeah. beers, the dark IPAs, things like that. But it was cool that they had even for – because we were with some people who don't normally drink beers. They're not really craft beer people this weekend. You know, people who normally reach for, like, a Bud Light or something like that if they're going to have a beer. And they had lighter beers that were really good for those people. I'm like, oh, wow, this is delicious. I could see myself actually drinking this. Yeah. I feel like it's easy to find the dark beers with the smaller breweries. But to find, like, a lighter beer that's done properly that actually has some character to it, that's rare to see. Yeah, that's true. And I, I, I guess that's my own personal thing. I just happen to really like... Like Stouts and Porters. Oh, yeah. Well, for me, not, I, the dark one was my favorite one. That darkest one they had. I don't yeah, know the name of it. The Appropriate Amount Ale was Appropriate the Amount Ale. because yeah, I had about two of them, and it was the appropriate mm-hmm. amount. Uh, it was... <laughs> they're not wrong. I got to <laughs> tell you, they got a good marketing The, night, the nice thing about Old Forge, too, we were there with a bunch of friends, and we've you know, been out on the lake all day and running around having some drinks. Then we went down there, and so we were all starving. Old Forge is nice that it's a small town, and the fact that we called... We asked the guys at the brewery, we were like, hey, you know, we need to find a place to get some food. They told us a pizza place, Buddy's Pizza, that's going to be moving in next door. And Buddy's Pizza came, delivered a pizza to us at the bar at the brewery, and waived the delivery fee because we were at the FCC brewery. Shout out to Buddy's, too, for those charbroil wings. Oh, fire. Word. That was no joke. Real good. Um... Coming up on the show, Chris Mandry coming up. I got to tell you, I don't know almost any people who like a good chicken wing more than Chris Mandry, and I'm sad that we missed him this weekend up north. Uh, we missed him by a day, isn't that so good? That is, a it's too bad getting old. You can't it's always be there downer. when you want to be there. Uh, and he'll be coming up in a couple segments to talk about the 2015 Utica Comedy Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's come back after the break, though, with our girl, Aaron Higgins. News with new shoes. News with new shoes. 
Jin from Old Forge. She's my own personal Ronda Rousey. Because Aww. with my heart, really? she's undefeated and unstoppable. I'm so over Ronda Rousey. How dare you? You know why? Why? Because it's like, I saw her in about 16 commercials in the past week, hawking various things. And it's like, with this one-two knockout punch, I'm going to download this new Android app. And I'm like, Really? <laughs> I can't get mad at somebody for trying to make No, you know what? You're popular today. Make the money while you can. I'm just done. I'm sick of it. We get things. You hit stuff with your arms. So. You know what, though? For her, in a sport like that, I feel like you have to make your money when you can make it. Because what's to say? You get punched for a living. With your, anything like that. Any, oh, my gosh. I don't think she ever actually gets punched. She's no, so, she she's doesn't. She's so good. No, she's amazing. She's grossly talented, honestly, in that sport. Did you see the ESPYs by any stretch of the imagination? I did not see the ESPYs. Because her mom went to the ESPYs. Yeah. How's her mom look? Not like tough. It's like something that she can beat somebody road. up. Where Jesus? <laughs> where uh, her mother was. I, you have to see it to believe it. And people who saw the um, the ESPYS will know it was really, really weird. It was super strange. Where's Ronda Rousey from? Who knows? I think it's some sort of backwoodsy type. Parts unknown. Parts unknown. <laughs> yeah, she, she would seems, like that. She seems a little like that. I got a lot of props for her because. Uh, Little side note to a sad story: Roddy Piper died this week. He did. Roddy, Roddy, Roddy. Did Roddy. you get my text message? I did get your text message. I forgot you guys were up north, so I sent Sam just like the one text. I was like, "Roddy, Roddy Piper dead. Done." It was. Uh, I knew you. I had texted you, and you didn't text me back. So it's I was true. Like, oh, I bet that Sam has his phone. Roddy Piper is in one of my all-time favorite films. Yeah. Uh, they Live. You ever see They Live? No. No. Oh, uh, dude, go watch They Live if you're a Roddy Piper fan. If you've never seen it, it's awesome. Awesome. Um. Well, while we're uh, while we got you here, Aaron, I'm always here. I know, but while I have you here, present like, in the moment. What do you mean while I'm here? Well, you're, I want to I want to talk to you about this new segment that I've been trying to. New segment. This segment, uh, it's a new exciting segment we have here called News with New Shoes. Do I have to do stuff like an actual news correspondent? Because I did that in college, so I got that voice down like a science. There's yes. a special voice for it. Oh my god! Okay, ready? Oh, the voice. So oh, if you're no. reading, like, let's just... hear the first news piece. Let's okay, go. so yeah, if go. you're just if you're just reading, right? And you're just being like a regular person. You don't have to have like a, a speaking voice that's that's different. But you're a uh, you're a news person, so you have to have a special speaking voice. So while I pull up this news story, I'll give you a lovely. This is a good one. I'll give you a great. It would be like uh, uh, here's the, <laughs> this is not exactly the most graceful way to start it, but someone is defecating in golf holes in Norway. Okay. It sounds just like your regular. No, no, voice. I'm telling you. That's, oh, okay. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's the story. Story. I was gonna say that's a terrible news yeah. voice. <laughs> So if I was going to read this news article, it would say, like, someone has been serial defecating in the holes of Norway's Stavanger Golf Club for 10 years. According to reports, the culprit leaves behind toilet paper and has been disabling, oh, and has disabled spotlights installed to catch him at nocturnal games. So, like, you have to, like, Can I see? Let me try it. Let me try one. I'm going to try one. Read the same sentence I just read. It's a very, like, first paragraph. This gives new meaning to a... Pinch shot. I didn't read that part. I oh, didn't like that. Sorry. Part. I thought that it was funny. It's a good one. Okay. I'm, I'm a girl. So well, both of the listeners probably don't want to hear the same paragraph over <laughs> right. and over. Right. So right. you right. got to do a different paragraph. Right. Someone has been serial defecating in the holes of Norway's Stavanger Golf Club for 10 years, according to reports. Yeah, see, you got to like, you got to really want it. <laughs> I think but, the news voices, they always sound the same, but those people always sound sarcastic. Someone has been defecating. You got to like <laughs> yeah. really get into yeah. it. So um, that's my first news story is that somebody has been, um, and the thing is, there's a gr- uh, there's a groundskeeper, his name is Ken, and Ken's statement was, he has a couple favorite holes. 
Ah. And like he just goes to this golf course and he defecates. To go on for ten years, like it's 2015. You can put cameras. They have little tiny cameras you can put everywhere. The only reason this guy hasn't been caught is because they don't want to catch him. We know it's a man because the poos are too massive to be from a woman. That is sexist. sexist. That's what I said. Very sexist. Uh, I have to admire the guy's tenacity. Ten years is a really... I haven't had a job for more than four years I that mean, I haven't quit from. So to do something consistently Consistently just years, disgusting, nonetheless. It right. makes you think that it's somebody who works there. Somebody's got access. Yeah. 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 You know, my dad always said that there was a guy at the Walmart distribution center who did... Something like that. He was called the Mad Crapper, and he would do that <laughs> the in mad above, like the where the instead of using the toilet, you'd use the top, right? Like the, oh, the tank. The tank. Why? And then because it's a horrible thing to do to people. Don't That's ever do that, thing. listeners. Uh, a good That's way to start off the show. All right, here's uh, my second piece of news story because Excellent. now that we've gotten past the gross stuff, news use uh, news voice. I like news voice. News voice. News voice. Um, I'm not gonna say the name of the. Uh, okay, I will say it because they're not listening, and we're not gonna have to owe them money eventually. A, um, a would-be robber braved the scent of sugar bread in an attempt to score some quick cash from a subway. But, he, but the sandwich artists ignored him and his demands until he got fed up, he fed up and left. Sorry, I can't even talk today. Okay, so this guy went into, long story short, this guy went into a subway in Rhode Island. Uh-huh. And was like, I'm gonna rob you! And then they were like, they completely ignored him, the sandwich artists. Completely ignored him, and then he left. I feel like that's the move. As long as I mean, come on, how brilliant is that? That's very impressive. How brilliant is that? Um, I I like the comic scene, like the skit that would take place of, of like this guy just freaking out. Like, come on, man! Open the register. Open. Give me all your money. What kind of bread would you what like, kind of sir? Bread? Yeah, like, would you like a cookie with that? <laughs> I want all your money. It's just I just thought that was so. We odd. have three kinds of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want the Asiago, sir? All right, I got a good one about a panda bear, and this is, is probably my favorite so far on my list. I have a list of, like, ten articles that I looked up, and I thought they were oh, really... I know. I'm just going to go in. Well, because I figured we would see how this went. I love it. I'm into it. Okay, weird news. This is under the weird news category. Okay. Panda bear accused of faking pregnancy to get better food and air conditioning. Story at nine. Wow. Can they... Do How that? does a panda bear fake a pregnancy? Was she dating That's an NBA I, player? Right? They're not. I mean, I don't know. I just don't understand how, how a panda bear fakes. It was in, it was so in southwest it, China. It tricked the zookeepers? It or? tricked the zookeepers. That's a, that's a fail for the zookeepers. That's, what that's I a said. hard zookeeper fail. And I got to tell you, it feels like something that science would have figured out. Come on, China. Come on. I don't know how, like, she had this. Loss of appetite. Apparently, there was some sort of thickening of a uterus. I don't know. There was just a lot of there was a lot of stuff that she did. I don't know how she did it. She can't. That's not. I don't think she that's can. That's a very. But that's not a conscious decision by the panda. Listen, the panda bear is being accused of faking the pregnancy as a way to get her caretakers to shower her with better food and care. Spoiled panda. I want to know, what are pandas eating in the first place that she faked a pregnancy to get better food? Bamboo. Bamboo. Well, yeah, but what is better food? Premium bamboo. (laughs) High quality, (laughs) top-notch. That's funny. That's so good. (laughs) I, uh... Last year, I guess I had the same thing. You know what's weird about pandas? They're ferocious. They look so so stinky They do look so cute. But you know what? There are very few things in the planet I'm not trying to mess with more than, like, a big old panda bear. It's It's mean. No, thank you, sir. All right, here's a good one. 
People are wearing bras outside of their clothes after a woman was jailed for assault by breast. What's assault by breast? Yes. Let me talk about it. Yes. This is in Hong Kong. For some reason, all of my news oh, stories are Hong Kong. That makes sense. I don't even. I don't need an explanation after that. There was a woman who, and during a protest, and the the police officer went to grab her wrist to like move her or something, and he claims that she subsequently then like bumped into him with her breasts, and so now she's jailed for three and a half months for that assault that by deadly breast. I don't get it. How many people would get arrested on Barrick Street if that was... For adult assault by breast? Assault by breast. More than a couple. More than... <laughs> Depends <laughs> what bar you go to, I think. <laughs> you just but, roll up in a big paddy wagon and pull everybody in. Demonstrators are running around the streets of Hong Kong now wearing bras over things. Which was how I got interested in the story because the picture was so so funny to me. Well, they did the Seinfeld about that. You can't wear a bra over clothing. It's got to go against the skin okay. like a glove. <laughs> All right. Here's the good one. Here's the last one I'm going to get for us today. I love it. Because this is my favorite. This was, um, somehow this girl has a Tinder profile. She's 19 years old. She's from the States, and she she's stateside. This piece of information is stateside. Tinder, see? She, um, she, uh, uh, okay, let me just read the Tinder profile, okay? Excellent. Hey, how's it going? I'm 19 years old, almost 20. And super fun to talk to. I'm looking for a nice guy that's not expecting a booty call. Swipe left. Or a one night stand. <laughs> Wait. I'm a homebody, so looking to get out more. But prefer chatting to pass the time. And if it's right, who knows? I've been single for two years looking for true love. Kissy face, heart. P.S. I'm pretty racist and don't want to date or talk to people who are black or have accents. Woof. Ah, hard, hard, hard left, left turn. Like hard at the very end, at the very end, there you're kind of like, wait a minute, wait a second, what? How did you even get to that? Like her picture, she looks like a crazier. She looks crazier than a bed bug. You start there. I'm, 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 I'm gonna take the opposite of what most people probably say about this news story. I'm like, oh, how horrible. Of course she's horrible. But there's tons of horrible people out there. If you're that kind of person, I would rather you say it right up front so oh, I know not to waste my time. That's a good point. Instead of being on a third date and having some some girl go on a racist tirade, something like this or that, at least let me know so I know that you're not worth the time. No, I'm gonna get of course really not. I'm gonna get really nitpicky about that Tinder thing there. First off, if you have more than like two sentences as your your Tinder bio, you are trying considerably too hard. You're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong... Go to OkCupid or go to like, uh, I don't know, a bar and meet somebody <laughs> in real life. Farmers only. Farmers only. Uh, I saw that commercial the other day. I may or may not have an older family member who met his current girlfriend through bucketofish.com. What really? is Bucket of Fish? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I would like to know off the air, I'm going to ask you who that family member is. <laughs> we'll talk. I bet you know. I bet I do. I we bet could probably talk a lot about online dating. Uh, I think we could. We have a guest coming on. Uh, well, I'm going to do an interview with him in a minute. Uh, but Aaron, this is interesting. He is competing in the 2015 Utica Comedy Cup on August 29th. He is. Against you. Against the reigning champion. Now, are you guys head-to-head, this whole thing is a competition? This whole thing is a competition. We are okay. we are head-to-head. Uh, there's like 13 people, so it's a lot of heads. But it is a head-to-head game. <laughs> it's a lot of heads. <laughs> a lot of heads. Uh, I am the only... I think I'm the only girl. So I got that going Do you feel like that me. helps or hurts your chances? It, it helps my chances because I think that guys... Uh, I, you know what's so funny? And I'm going to give a quick shout-out to the Clinton Courier and John Howard, who I did a beautiful interview with this morning, and he was so lovely and charming and kind. Uh, I've worked with him before. I've worked with him before. <laughs> He's 
I've talked to him before. He's incredibly cool, but um, I'm super psyched to have this you cast as a part of the interview. So, long story short, I have uh, the Comedy Cup coming up. It's 13 people. I think being the only girl is going to give me the, not an advantage by any stretch of the imagination, but I have to feel like a part of the guys are going to do pretty typical rowdy guy stuff. A couple of the people... It'll definitely help you stand out to be the only person yeah, speaking from you know, a woman's perspective. Mandry's going to give really incredibly brilliant stuff. His, his brand of humor is really funny, and then there's going to be me, so I'm going to be the, if not the only girl, one of, I think, two. Now I gotta ask you because you and Chris Mandry, you were you started a film together that won at the Forty Eight Hour Film Festival, and yes, you and Chris yes. Mandry have been friends. You know each other very well. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna win? You or Chris in the head to head? Who wins? You or Chris? I I would probably go with him. Yeah. And wow. here, yeah, and I I'll be very honest gracious. with you. Yeah, I'll be honest with you because that's what the winner says. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, right that's, turn, uh, just like that Tinder profile. Wow. Let's uh. The very end of that Tinder profile. You never see me coming. <laughs> let's not. Uh, let's not. Make no, it honestly, longer. better make sure we get Aaron out of the studio before Chris comes in. Uh, he's actually really good. He's, his his brand of humor is, is really funny. Just knowing him in person and talking to him one on one, you see, he's an incredibly smart, very intelligent. Funny there's guy, a lot of so. good comedians too. It's going to be a good night. It's, it's a good there's going to be a lot of people. Rob Wilson is in it. Um. And that's the only other name I know, I think. I don't know. There's a bunch of people. And then there's me and Mandry, so. I'll have the full list with Mandry uh, when he comes on. Uh, let's not make him wait any longer. Chris Mandry, after the break, we'll be back. for a long time now and I like to I like to disclose when I do interviews generally with I knew the person like personally before (laughs) before we interviewed but uh we've been friends for a long time and I don't exactly remember when we first met like I don't remember the moment but I always I always connected you to like playing drums and like Havoc and like with and playing with like the metal bands when I was growing up in the punk days that was always what I think about with you and uh I think it's so crazy that you've gotten to this like this, this stand-up comedy place from that from where I knew you as a kid, um, but we have you in the studio, and I'm very glad, Chris Mandry. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's awesome to be here. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm gonna run down a quick list of some of your recent accomplishments. Cool. You were in the winning film at the 48 Hour Film Festival. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, you uh, are the current drummer in Street Rock Mafia. We yeah. had your bandmate Z on here a couple weeks ago. Um, and, uh, and you are competing in the 2015 Utica Comedy Cup on August 29th at 7 p.m. That's the Stanley, right? Uh, it... On oh, August 29th, it is at the Radisson. Radisson. Yep. Even better. The Radisson. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, Chris, you're in the competition, I think, uh, with 13 other people? I think so. I haven't, I haven't counted. Um, you know, I usually count by two, so it would be an even number. Uh, now... <laughs> so it's so funny to me man because like everything I ever knew about you growing up is that you were a drummer man that was you're, you're still to this day like I tell people when I introduce you you're the best this is Chris Mandry the best drummer I've ever met and you you always get embarrassed when I do that to people but uh, you played you played in Syracuse yep and you were in the Sour Citrus Society which I think is one of the coolest thing coolest little tidbits about you that I don't think everybody knows it was Probably some of the most fun and, and one of the best, if not the best, musical experiences of my life. 
it was it was awesome. You're one drummer in a crowd of 110 other musicians, you know, and it's like you and the conductor are very unique oh, to the situation. But that's so different. Because you know from playing in bands, man, to be in on stage and playing for people is one thing. But to be in that situation, surrounded by people in like a stadium and the carrier dome by 30,000 oh people. Oh, my God, that's so Madison Square Garden. And, oh, God, it's so nuts, man. Yeah. Uh, so it makes me wonder, like, you you could probably, you're, I feel like, knowing you the way I, I do, you could have just drummed for the rest of your life and found drumming work. Why did you, when did you decide that you wanted to, because most, most of what I see you do lately, you've been doing a lot of acting, mm-hmm. and you've been doing the stand-up, and mm-hmm. I wonder where the call came from, man. I'm so curious. Well, I've been, I've been playing drums my whole life. I mean, I started on um, garbage cans when I was about, I think, one. I think my grandfather set me up to make some noise to um, combat the neighbors. And uh, a few years ago, actually, when I was in Nashville, I made a business card. And, you know, you hear the, uh, the saying, dress for the part that you want. And my business card, I wrote down, actor, drummer, comedian. And I had the drummer part. Like, I knew, you know, I've been doing that yeah. my whole life. But I really wanted to do those other two things. And I figured if I had it on a card, you know, who knows, maybe I'll get a call from someone and be like, oh, I know somebody does comedy, which is exactly what happened. Well, that's amazing, man. I see, I I, I love, I love stand-up comedy. I've never done it. Uh, I was lucky enough uh, in New York to to follow closely with a friend of mine. I knew a little bit of work with him. I didn't perform, but I helped do some writing with him. And I, I just find the whole world of it very fascinating. It is a very raw art form. And I, do you, do you find a difference between being up there with a microphone and being up there behind the drum set? What's the what's the mentality? I think the biggest difference is um, with uh, with a band. There's other people, and it's almost like you're talking as a group. Uh, when you're doing stand up, it's just you. Yeah. And um, and the solo act kind of thing, and feeding off of people. Like I always love feeding off the audience, and and using the energy that the audience you know, gives you just by paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a wild experience. Well, that probably translates to, I would imagine, the idea, but you can tell when the crowd is, is feeling good about your performance. You know what I mean? That, that translates across both musicians and, and comedians. There's that moment when you know the crowd is with you, and that's, that's always a great feeling, and I can imagine that must be doubly great when it's just you out there. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's... Uh, it's it's very rewarding, especially when people laugh and it's working, you know? Um, who would you say, uh, who, like, inspires you in terms of stand-up comedians? What's your, who, who do you, who did you listen to when you were trying to get your most, like, your most stand-up vibes going on? Um, you know, it's funny, with, with that, I try to really stick to just whatever I want to do. You know, I've noticed in the music world, there's, um... There's a lot of precedence for what you should be doing and how things should be done. And getting into comedy and acting, you know, I'm I'm classically trained in music, so I understand, you know, learning from that um, perspective. But doing uh, comedy and acting, I kind of wanted to do my own thing and, and care a little less about um, what the what the standards were per se, whether it was right or wrong, or I'm sure I'd meet some resistance, but I just kind of wanted to do what, what I wanted to do. That's fair. And that's, that's important too. And I think that's something that I, I noticed as I got older, when I was younger, I was very willing to be like in the band mentality and do like this, we're in this group, we're moving forward. Now, as I get older, I do, I do enjoy like the idea of having a sole 
driving force behind something and that, that feeling of motivation. And that's why I started working on a novel, which nobody talks about. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Chris, what, uh, what, do you say you have a style necessarily? Do you have a, a type of comedy you want to do necessarily? I know it's kind of a hard question to ask. It's interesting to me, but I know it's hard to vocalize. Uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm still coming into it a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, the first time I did it was a uh, show I pretty much... About twenty five minutes to thirty minutes that I kind of that I took, and it was um, it was way different than the than the second show I did with Phil, which is ten minutes, and that's more kind of quicker um, quicker shots, you know. Yeah. Um, in terms of my style, I I feel like I'm more I like discussing things. I like I like the indeterminacy of the audience. Yes. And who's out there and and what they give back to me and and you know what I can see and give to them. You know, if necessary. Um, well, I, I think <laughs> it's it's funny. It's it, no, it's it's something I think about all the time. Cause I I'm so I'm so like uh, I'm so impressed by it, and it's uh, it's so raw and so deep. And there's no safety net. That's the one that really scares me. You now, it's got to be so weird to have an audience feeling good, and then one thing that doesn't hit, and now you have to sort of come back from it. All of a sudden, everything does it. You know. Can everything be derailed like that? Is it? Um, yes and no. I mean, it's it's to be able to 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 run with the punches and and um, you know, there's definitely some curveballs. Like for uh, the show I did at Cavallo's, I had this whole um, joke ready, basically for uh, having sex with much older women. And oh. there ended up being a 88 year old in the front row, <laughs> which I was not expecting whatsoever. And so it turned into me just like bashing this poor old woman. And it was, uh, that was, that was different. You know, you just, you just, you never know. It's, uh, it's exciting. I love it. Do you, uh, do you find yourself writing all the time? No. Um, I, I think that when I'm, when I make a conscious effort to write something down, you know, things start kind of, you know, they start at that, at that seed and then kind of develop into stuff. Sure. But, um, I'm always just kind of jotting down like funny band names or like a funny concept, you know, like something that comes in there. It's funny too. I, I keep like a in my phone like a potential list of like stand up routines if I ever had to do it. And then sometimes I look at them and I'm like, this isn't funny. Why did I? Where did I come back on this? It's so funny how this like is this, disgusting. This is a stupid joke. I don't understand. Like I remember, I think I went back. It was like a, it was like I was doing a bit about the Little League World Series and how it makes me laugh because it's the only sport where the athletes are either like really laughing and really happy or just totally devastated and totally letting because kids can't handle their emotions. It's the most hilarious sport, like watching kids cry. It's hilarious. And then I like look back at that bit. I'm like, this isn't funny. It's just mean. <laughs> I thought it was so just funny. Brutally honest. Like, brutally honest. It's not funny at all. But um, Chris, uh, you have a lot on the boards. Uh, besides the Utica Comedy Cup, you have three shows on the boards with Street Rock Mafia. Yep. Are you enjoying playing drums with Street Rock Mafia. I love playing drums with Street Rock yeah. Mafia. I mean, that's um, it's just a great uh, avenue for my my creativity, whatever whatever I'm thinking or, or feeling. Everybody in the band is very receptive and open and willing to uh, try things, which I like with anything that I do. 
Uh, I was lucky. <laughs> I was lucky enough to be at your senior release show at uh, at Gordon's Tap House, and it was an excellent show. It was the first time I'd ever seen you guys live, besides hearing the songs. And I really enjoyed the show. Awesome. Thank uh, you. August fifteenth at Paper Mill Island. Yes. Um, then September eleventh at Utica Music Fest, and then September twelfth at the Odd for Odd Fest. Yes. I gotta tell you, I'm very jealous you're playing at the Odd. That's um, one of those musician goals that escaped me in my time here. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's gonna be a great experience. It's funny too because I'm actually playing the Stanley. I didn't mention this. I'm playing Stanley October 10th with the Billy Joel tribute band. Oh, nice! As yes. Well, so I'm playing the Odd and the Stanley within one month. And those That's are like amazing. The two places that you know. Uh, and then of course August 29th, 7 p.m. at the Radisson 2015 Utica Comedy Cup. Uh, Chris, we are rooting for you. Uh, well, you and Aaron, because we have to root for her as well. Sure, sure. Show. I mean, you definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> before I let you go, Chris, I, uh, this is a more uh, obscure question for you. In your own words, Chris Mandry, mm-hmm. who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I'm myself. I'm just doing whatever feels right in the moment. That's I love it. it Sometimes it just gets real weird, though. <laughs> I love it, man. Chris, thank you so much, man. It's so good to have you on. Thank you very much. Chris Mandry, at C.R. Mandry on Twitter. Rack and tour, renaissance man. Jack of all trades, king of my heart. Uh, We'll be right back with uh, with Aaron and Kevin in the studio. And I didn't want to wait for it for next week because I want to get it out. The Mets are in first place. Uh-huh. Oh, God. And so that, was, that was my... Moving on. Say what you got for us. Before we move on, I do again want to thank Chris Mandry for coming on. Woo-hoo! Great friend. Uh, you can follow him on Facebook or uh, Twitter at Chromandry, which is, again, one of my C. favorite... C.R. Mandry. C.R. Mandry. Uh, and, of course, his work Street Rock Mafia and everywhere because he's a renaissance man and he does true everything. Everything. Uh, Aaron, uh, I had some questions for you about stand-up after I got done talking to him. Yeah, I got answers. Uh, how many stand you? How long ago did you start doing stand-up? Um, April was my first show. April of last year. April of this, this year. This year, yeah. This past only April was my first. Show. Oh wow! This is only my first. Yeah, this is only my second show. I'm Jeez. not like the veteran um, of the bunch. I'm the new kid. All right. So I asked you the same question. Why? Why did you decide to do it? What? It was. I had always wanted to do it but I um I never really I always thought it would be really kind of fun and I'd be really good at it because I'm sort of Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of stuff to say I got a big you know personality or whatever so (laughs) I don't know so throbbing personality huge personality so I figured (laughs) so I figured why not just try it and then the opportunity never had come up before and my friend our friend Phil Farda uh was doing trivia night and needed an opener and came to me and said would you consider doing the um opening for the show would you consider opening the bad broads of comedy in april and i said you know yeah this was i think maybe the winter that he asked me so i I had a little bit of time to prep i had just a little bit of time to think about it and i had a five minute open it ran a little longer but it was a really interesting experience kevin and i went out directly after the show and i had to like take some deep breaths i was petrified still after the thing was over i needed to get like air it was nerve-wracking 
as a guy who grew up with like the being in a band background, and you'll you probably maybe yeah. you'll agree with me, maybe you won't. I find stand up to be terrifying. Well, stand up is terrifying. Oh I can God. stand up there with my instrument strapped up, and I'll play all night long with a smile oh my on my face. But if I have to go up with just a microphone, no thanks. I I grew up with like a musical theater yep. sort of background, mm-hmm. and I have no I have no fear of public speaking. I've sang at Comets games. I've, I've I will speak openly to any you know any large group of people. I've done it before. I'll do it again. And I have no qualm with that whatsoever. But the minute that I got up there and it was just this little room, there's um there's a video of it, and uh, you see me just like fumbling with the microphone mm-hmm. for like five whole seconds because I'm just so wildly uncomfortable. It was it's it's incredibly terrifying. I just find the 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 immediacy and the nakedness of it to be really really like jarring. You could be doing really well, and then one misfire and oh. it's that silence. I had one of those. It's oh. I had one of those. When I got up there and I had one of those and I um I misfired and the crowd went silent and I got I was petri- I mean I was humiliated instantly. But you get over it. And I think of it in terms of like pushing creative boundaries. If you're that type of person, you know, if you're a comedian who wants to push that boundary, if I'm an awkward I had an awkward style of humor or I have a, a niche that I want to pursue. That's got to be scary to, to workshop in small rooms for people. You know what I mean? Like, that's a that's not going to hit all the time. It's like it's being, tough. you know. It's tough. And, and if you're if that's your style, that's not really my style. My style was the first show I hit kind of like all the popular, the popular topics that comedians hit, getting old, being single, gaining weight, like all those things. And then I went from there. But this next show, I don't know. I, I'll have to sort of be a little more... Myself, I, not myself, but just a little more, a little deeper, a little bit more personal. You got a stand-up routine in the bank, Kev, like, in case you had to do stand-up tomorrow? Could you, like, come up with something? Yeah, if I had to, I could do something. Yeah? If I, I think I could. I've had enough. The only time I've ever thought that maybe I could do stand-up, I'll be somewhere at, you know, a party or a group of people. I'll we'll be having a conversation, you get on... Mm-hmm. And I can feel that thing because I've been in a group of people and you say yeah. something, you get that big laugh, you're like, all right, wait a minute, here we go. Yeah. And then you get another one and you keep it going. And the next thing you know, well, you just did two or three minutes. Mm-hmm. But it's one thing when you're standing in a group of people at like, you know, a party or a bar or whatever it might be. And it's way different to get up on stage and just hold a microphone and be in the lights. And strangers, too. You know what I mean? Like, Stranger- it's, hard. it's easy for me to say something to make you laugh or to make Aaron laugh or, or Chris because I know you guys. Yeah. But to me, to go to a total stranger and make that person like my uh, material and laugh and be into it, that's that's daunting. You know? It I mean, was... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, music is... Music, you can sort of hide behind pretty melodies if you don't know what to say sometimes. There's other aspects to it besides just the lyrics. There's the music. There's more to it. Comedy, it's very raw. It just scares me. It's very... Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean no, to... I was just going to say that, like, that was my... I went into it and I knew that I... Mm-hmm. I was good in, in groups. I knew that that was like my thing. So I'm like, I got this. I got up there and all of a sudden there was like half the room were, were these, was an older crowd that I didn't know. And it was, it was just a little bit intimidating because they didn't think I was as funny as like, as you thought you as, were, as the people, as like my, all my friends on the other side of the crowd. <laughs> That's how that goes too. Oh, well, win some, lose some. I thought I was good. Who's like your favorite stand up? Like who did you see? And you were like, I want to do that. Um, I'm actually a big fan of Jim Gaffigan's stand-up, oddly oh, enough. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's you, the worst. <laughs> I, like, I hate Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I like he's him not a lot. funny is my only problem. I like he him. seems like a nice guy. He's just not funny. I like him a lot. I think his, oh. his, his sense of humor is really um, awkward. 
and everyday, day-to-day sort of humor, observational humor, having kids and, and stuff like that. So I really admire that. I really like Aziz Ansari for the mm-hmm. longest time. But, you know, when I go out and I, and I have to write jokes or I've got to do something like for this upcoming thing, I can't write jokes about, like, being in a, um, a restaurant and watching 50 Cent order a grapefruit soda and having a grown man describe what a grapefruit is to 50 ever, Cent. Do you ever think that Aziz sometimes relies too much on oh, yeah. his, like, celebrity? Because I used to... We would watch him way back in the day, you know, before Parks and Rec, before everything that he ever did. And he'd be on, he'd be hilarious. But I find that the more exposure he gets, the less funny I find him. Like, I just watched his Madison Square Garden stand-up special yeah. on Netflix. And I was, it wasn't that I wasn't laughing. I love Aziz Ansari. Like, yeah. his character on Parks and Rec is one of my favorite characters. And, you know, I think he's great. But, like, just as it goes on, I feel like there's less to say. Because it's like, yeah, my life is hilarious. so funny. I'm famous and I have all these famous friends. Isn't that funny? And you're like... How much, like, how many times can you listen to a joke about Jay Z? Honestly, yeah. and their relationship and what that's like. I just, I liked them a lot better before that. Too. Yeah, I gotta be honest. Uh, I was always a big Pat Oswalt guy. I, I, I talked, mm-hmm. but he's another guy, and this this happens a lot with comedians. It's very transitional with your life. Like, I love early Pat Oswalt, but then he got older, and then he had kids, and I can't really relate to the material as much anymore. Now it doesn't really appeal to me. And like now I'm always sort of like, oh, it's a new pet novel. But that's not everybody, because if you look at somebody like George Carlin, I mean, George Carlin was probably funnier in his 70s than he ever was. And yeah. a guy like Seinfeld still got it. Louis C.K. still got it. Mm. You know, there's some guys that translate, but it's different different types of humor. Those guys are more broader, you know, making observations about society as a whole as opposed to personal comedy about their own life. Yeah. True. And I think that's the stuff that point. goes by the wayside, because we've talked about this with Pat and Oswald before, He's still pretty funny, but his subject material was a lot funnier before as opposed to now. He's like, well, I've got a kid. I've got a wife. I'm home and in bed by 10 o'clock every night. He doesn't really have much to joke about because his life's yeah. not as exciting, you know, wild and crazy as it may have used to be. And he's another guy who relies really heavily on, like, pop culture references, too, which, uh, which dates sometimes your older material when you listen to it in hindsight. I noticed that sometimes. That's a very good point. Uh, I like Ted Bird, too, but I think oh. Ted Bird... You don't like him? I love Mitch Hedberg. You like him? You like him? I think that I Mitch Hedberg... I can listen Hedberg... to it today, a special from like 96, and think it's the funniest See, thing. See, people always give me shit about this. I think Mitch Hedberg is funny, but people who revere him as one of the all-time greats settle down a little bit. Like, he's got some good jokes, but he's he's another guy just like a lot of people. Because he was gone so early, it's just like, you know, he gets a little bit lionized. He's got some great jokes, and he's not a bad stand-up by any means, like he's not he's nowhere near in the same league as a guy like a Carlin or a Seinfeld oh, no or way. anything like that. No way. No, Carlin no way. is a genius. Uh, see here's the thing, I I go back to it, like I'm not gonna deny I even thought that one Dane Cook album when we got it when we were seventeen, time and place, that album was hilarious. Well I, I hate like, Dane Cook like as a concept now. But you just said the you just said the key word when when we were seventeen. True. That's this type of stuff that if we played to somebody who's our age now back then, they probably wouldn't have found it as funny. Yeah. He's one of those comedians, much like a Lewis Black, and there's other guys who do this too, but Lewis Black's a perfect example because he's not funny at all anymore. No. Mm-hmm. He just yells. He's like, if my joke doesn't work, I'm just going to yell louder until somebody laughs. And it's like, all you're doing is yelling. You're not telling a joke. The Carlos Mencia method, they call that. Yeah, he's yes, terrible too. Exactly. Um, well, I think we've hit a lot of good stand-up here, guys. This is a very stand-up heavy episode. I don't think sure. we meant it to be, but it turned into one. That's what happens when we get these two competitors in the studio. Going to go ahead to head. I'm going to wear a sweatband to the competition. Fair it's enough. Just, it's going to be like a heated heated competition. Um, here's something funny. I did want to mention this to you guys. Uh, you know, 
I can only imagine where this is going. I've been in Utica for three months, right? Okay. Doing this podcast is the sixth episode, and I'm very proud of it. Nice work, guys. We've done good work, right? Yay! Yes, very good work. Thanks to all you 57 people out here. But here's something about family you get take home. A little personal story about family. Oh, great. My car has broken down three times in three months that I've been home. Three separate times I've had to put real money into this car, including before this vacation that we went, our one-day vacation this week we went on, okay? I am disgusted with having to own a car again. I am yeah, very upset. Listen, for, for all of the listeners at home getting ready to, you know, wringing your hands and weeping, getting ready to start a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter for Sam, I want to let you know that he bought his car sight unseen from some some man's front yard out in the country without taking it to a mechanic. He just true. gave him cash. He's like, this looks all right, and brought it in. It's true. Have no sympathy. True. Uh, <laughs> have no sympathy. He was such a no, nice owning, guy. Owning a car, owning a car is a huge expense when you come from oh. not doing it. I, I just paid my uh, monthly car loan, car loan payment today. I, yeah, for it's, my brand new beautiful. I thought baby. I was ready. I thought I had prepared myself mentally. When I came back here, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have a car again. Let's put a little gas in it, drive it around. Good times. Wrong. It's. I'm, it's I mean, stressing me out, man. It's it, it's tough. It's, it's just like when you're younger, you know, it's tough anytime you buy a high mileage vehicle because you know something's going to happen. That's why people go for the newer stuff because you're just maintaining it stays instead of always crapping out on you. <sighs> Under or over? What? Having a car? Having a car. Owning a car. Underrated or overrated? I don't know. I've never not had a car, so like, I don't know. Yeah, that's tough for me to say as well. I mean, I, I it's it's underrated. I would say underrated because the amount of personal freedom that it gives you exactly. is tough to go without. You know, it's tough to function. I remember telling you before you moved back up here from New York, I was like, you know, you're going to need a car day one. You're going to oh, yeah. have to have one. You can't, I mean, unless you're living in a huge metropolitan area, you have to have it. It's the fact that I have to have it that makes it overrated for me. I'm so, like, frustrated. I may have been frustrated. So it's overrated. Get rid of it then. It's uh, Live without it. It's so bike. overrated. We start biking oh, everywhere. Good. good. Bike everywhere. Maybe like a scooter. Bike. Got another six weeks of summer. Start biking everywhere. Maybe I'll get a <laughs> motorcycle. Boring outside. I'll get a motorcycle. <laughs> six weeks is, like, um, really generous, too. Aaron. Yeah. My love. What do you want? No, it's been fun. I mean, thanks for thanks for just being you. Make yep. me happy every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kevin? Yeah, okay. You're uh, what? <laughs> Kevin. I'm going to adopt her tech. You're what? What do you want? <laughs> What's the problem? Uh, okay, I'm squeaking on the table. Before I go, soccer this weekend. Man U oh, versus Jesus. Tottenham. Saturday, oh 7.45 a.m. I like Man U 3-1. to one. I like Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> Liverpool versus Stoke City Sunday, 11 a.m. Stoke I, City. I got Liverpool 2-0. Listen, now that soccer is back, we have to re-extend our yeah. weekly open invitation to the Wookiee. Dan Avasado at S. Wookiee Grande. Open invitation. You come on anytime. Anybody sees him, let them know. We're looking for him. Wait, wait, Why? Is he like a... He, oh, loves, he, he loves, loves soccer? We all love soccer. All no, the smart we don't. folks love we soccer. Don't. Folks, thanks for like joining us. Yeah. Liverpool, baby. Yeah. You'll never walk alone. <laughs>